0: You're listening to the Tri State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. Welcome to the Tri State Sports Beat, Nick and Joe. Scott is somewhere, hopefully, most likely, listening. Yeah, well, he's not here. <laughs> he's not here. Um, we're going to start out with some football. I'm assuming you want to start with the Jets. Um, we, we forgot to mention something first? Happy Halloween, everybody! It's a,
1: it's about to get scary. Oh
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's scary. Right? It's, it's it's about to it get it's about to get a, uh, a little more scarier. Terrifying. Um. Ridiculous. Let's start with our Jets, Spooky Joe. Season. Yeah, let's start with our Jets. Um if you want to talk about the Jacksonville game you can. I did a post-game recap on Instagram, so I pretty much had I pretty much stand by everything that I said. I think we're going to start doing those after every game so uh-huh. we can, you know, move this along with the games coming up. So, thoughts on the Jacksonville game?
0: <laughs> the 29 to 15 uh, debacle. Yeah. Um there's not much to say. But is it it was just awful. I don't think they were sh- they showed up to play whatsoever. Shocker. Um maybe maybe Christopher Johnson got in their head a little bit. <laughs> um so much has happened in the past couple yeah. of days. It's just it was just a dumpster fire. Yeah. It really was. They couldn't get anything going. They they had an offensive touchdown. Whoop de do On offenses. the first draw
1: on the first drive of the game, which we haven't seen in thirty thirty one games since mm-hmm. they done that. Oh, was it? Two offensive touchdowns. Yes. Actually, right? Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But, but what we really want to talk about is what happened. Was it yesterday? Trade today? deadline. We want to talk about the trade deadline. We'll talk about the Giants too as well, and then we'll preview this game against Miami. Um, the trade deadline. Okay. Uh, we knew going in that the Jets were looking to really shop Leonard Williams, Robbie Anderson. Okay, that's great. They ended up dealing Leonard Williams for a three and a five to the Giants of all teams. Um, we'll talk about the Giants' perspective on that, but for the Jets, I think it makes the most sense. I wanted Leonard Williams out of here before the season even started. Um, I think the value that the Jets got back for him, a three and a can, uh, compensatory five that can turn into a four if the Giants resign if the Giants sign uh, Leonard to a contract extension.
0: compensatory.:
1: Yeah, that's what that's what they call it. Okay, um, I didn't know
0: that's what it was yeah. actually called.
1: Um, so I think that's. Ex- I'm. I was actually floored about what they got for it. A three. Yeah, I was very, I, I was I'm very happy. happy with what they. Yeah, got. Yeah, I'm
0: happy. I think we honestly, unless he transforms into what we expected him out of the draft, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we won that trade. Yeah. Um,
1: so trade deadline came and uh, it was a very. I would say probably for the last two hours was probably the most stressful time because Joe and I had, were in and out of class. We were looking at our phones constantly. I was on my phone all day. What else is new, really, though? Um, the last two hours were what was when stuff started circulating about Le'Veon Bell, which was a uh, part and doing of Manish Meadow, the New York Daily News. I'm sorry. He is a clown and a joke. We don't associate... Uh, with him anymore, because <laughs> he is just hot. I'm sorry. Like, he he's the one that put out the story that just was...
0: Nick is, is pretty sure he is the leak.
1: Yes. In, in the Jets Yes, and we'll get to the leaks as whole in a little bit. But, yes, that the Jets were taking calls on Le'Veon, but it turns out that they were not so serious about moving him. Joe Douglas, and I'm going to say this a lot, Joe Douglas was just doing his job.
0: Correct. Okay. He was picking up the phone when it rang. That's
1: now. What, that's all he did. Yes. Now, the main event. We... Jamal Adams and the Dallas Cowboys have been linked probably for about a year now.
0: Uh, I think a little longer than maybe,
1: that. Maybe like a year and a half. You know, Jamal's from Dallas. Dallas you know, area. Dallas area. He's, a, he's got a Dallas Stars tattoo, for crying out loud. Um... Apparently, Joe Douglas and Jamal Adams, along with Adam Gase, had a conversation before the trade deadline, and Jamal supposedly said, don't trade me, I want to be here. Okay. So then Joe Douglas, again, does his job and answers phone calls about Jamal Adams because it was brought out that everybody... But Quinn and Williams and Sam Darnold were up for phone calls, okay? Marcus May also got a couple phone calls, but that was not the huge story. The huge story was Jamal Adams. Um, I've been trying to think about where I stand for this because Jamal's a great player. He was brought here to be the culture changer of this Jets franchise three years ago. You know, we knew what we were getting out of this guy. We knew exactly what we were getting. It's not like one of these other first-round draft picks the Jets have and we have no idea what they're going to be. We knew what Jamal Adams was going to be coming here, and he's been a fan favorite for three years. He's one of our favorite players here on the show. Pro Bowler. Pro Bowler. bowler, Pro Bowler. All-Pro. Top three safety in the league. Absolutely. Okay? But the way that Jamal Adams has responded to this. The way he's handled this whole debacle – is
0: very is childish. It's very telling about who he is, and he's my favorite player. Yes, hands down, yes. he's my favorite player. But in this situation, I am on Joe Douglas's side. Yeah, I, you can't. It's his job to answer the phone and to see what players are worth. And he's like I said, like I said to you, he's a new GM in this league. Mm-hmm. This is his first time being a GM. He needs to know. He has to talk to these other um, general managers and owners and coaches and ev- scouts, agents. He has to talk to everybody because and see what these players are really worth that mm-hmm. he has and what he is willing to bring in. So I think he did a wonderful job. I don't think he, he made any mistake. I don't think that Jamal should be reacting in this type of way. I know that he had... Uh, a press conference after the ch- after the deadline about what and a question was brought up uh what his feelings about it were and he places himself in a category with Aaron Donald and Tom Brady do i think he's at that position right now no no but do i think he can get there in a few years, mm-hmm. absolutely. Why not? His potential is through the roof. That's why teams want him so bad. Right.
1: Um, the tweets that were put out by Jamal on Tuesday on the trade deadline. Any reports? The uh, first one was any reports of me asking to be traded from the New York Jets are completely false. This was followed up by um, at the end if of he, la- now. If he
0: just left it at that, I be would be. Ill- we were good. I was. When that first came through, I mm-hmm. was so happy. Mm-hmm. And then the follow up. But then we got this, which was actually I think
1: was deleted and then put back up. Jamal says at the end of the last at the end of the week last week, I sat down with G, with the GM. Notice he didn't say his actual name, and Coach Gase. and told him I wanted to be here in New York. I was told yesterday by my agent that the GM then went behind my back and shot me around to teams, even after I asked him to keep me here. Crazy business. Um, I agree with you, Joe. Joe Douglas is doing his job. That I mean, how how are you not going to take calls on your best player? And the Jets were apparently they were getting a one for Jamal Adams. It was the it was the little details. It was I think the Cowboys wanted to give the Jets a four, and the Jets were looking more for two twos. I mean, that's a lot of draft capital for. I mean, for any team, but for a guy like Jamal Adams, I mean, you're getting the top three safety. The guy's 24 years old. He hasn't even entered his prime of his career yet, but then Jamal speaks to the media and just makes this thing absolutely worse. He says things like, uh, you know, the Aaron Donald Tom Brady comment. I have not talked to Joe Douglas. I'm not ready to talk to Joe Douglas, which is fine. I mean, it's, you know, he's hurt. He's, you know, his feelings He's are emotional.
0: Hurt. That's fine. And you know what? He, and again, he is human. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to have emotion. Everybody's going to think that they need some type of respect, which Jamal Adams absolutely does. Right. Do I think it was 100% right for, for Joe Douglas to go and still, I guess, deal him, as you can say? Mm hmm. No, especially after he did have that uh, sit down with Jamal and said that he wasn't going to. I don't I don't think that him responding to calls is necessarily him shopping him around now.
1: I mean, Joe Douglas said it himself in his press comments because he talked to the media, I think it was like an hour and a half after the trade deadline. Uh-huh. You know, he basically just said, you know, he was brought up and he was taught. And believe me, I have full trust in the guys that trained and have been under that Joe Douglas has been under. He worked for Baltimore, um, you know, with Ozzie Newsome and John Harbaugh, and with in Philly, who you know they won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. So that's and, and they've become one of the more stable, I guess you could say, middle of the road stable organizations. So. I'm not thrilled about some of the things that Joe Douglas said pertaining to the team altogether, but the Jamal Adams situation, I have to side with Joe Douglas here and the organization for once. I mean, we criticize the organization mm-hmm. every week. I mean, that's the team's one in six. That It is what it is. But I have to side with Joe Douglas here. He's doing his job. I mean – you're gonna take phone calls on players, like yeah. like nothing, and, you know, nothing, like even, nothing might not come of it, but and it, it's and not it is
0: what it is. It's not like Jamal is the only guy either. Right? You have Le'Veon Bell and Robbie Anderson, who both
1: are handling perfectly, handling this in yeah. the right way.
0: Robbie Robbie joked about it at right. his one press conference, saying that he got a call from Joe after, um, after the trade deadline, like the next morning or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was and all, he said that he was terrified, he was scared, yeah, and. That he he thought he was calling to tell him that they extended the trade deadline, right? Like that's it's funny, okay? It is, uh, it's, it, uh, yeah, like you, you get a little chuckle out of it. He mm-hmm. was laughing at the press conference. He right. like he's lighthearted for it, yep. and and uh, Jamal Adams being still very young, I don't think completely understands the business side of the NFL. Mm-hmm. He wants to have full respect from his organization his players which he should mm-hmm. but at the same time they also have a job when when Jamal Adams is on the field he has a job yep when Joe Douglas is in his office Joe Douglas has a job yep and he has to understand that couldn't said it better myself so
1: i mean i don't really i don't i want to get to the to the Miami game because You know, that's the main focus. But where do you think the Jets, meaning Joe Douglas, Adam Gase, even the incompetent owner, Christopher Johnson, where do you think the organization and Jamal Adams stand right now? Like, it's obviously not good, but,
0: like... You know that Joe Douglas and... uh, Joe Douglas being a football guy... Adam Gase being a football guy, Christopher Johnson not being so much a football guy. Adam Gase and Joe Douglas are going to try to make this work with Jamal. No. I don't think they're going to turn their back on him. No. Just because of a few things that he said on Twitter and in a pre- press conference. I don't think that's the case at all. On Jamal Adams, like you had said, I think he's going to go out there and... Play as hard as he's ever played. Yeah, but whether that's for the team or for his for the own personal being, yeah, for for the view that everybody else in the league is going to see. Right. I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think he. I think he will still play his heart out every week. But I mean, because that's just who Jamal
1: Adams is. But I think. I think he was playing a little bit for himself to show what show what he has. I mean, he wants to be the best player to ever play. He wants yeah. to be the best safety yeah. ever. Okay, I understand all that. I get it. But he also is looking to show other teams what he's got. I mean, the guy's got. I mean, he's got another year left on his contract plus the uh, the team option for a fifth year, and then the Jets can franchise tag him up to two years. So he's got four more years possibly left.
0: I don't think he'll take a franchise tag. No, game. I don't either. I think that's just the way every player is going, really. Mm-hmm. Um, especially think, especially those top notch players like Jamal. Right. Like if Le'Veon Bell were to try to get franchise tag, yeah. I, don't, I just don't see that happening. I think
1: this is going to turn into a situation, and I got to be straight up honest with all of my, oh, with you, with Jet fans. Uh, there was a time I thought Jamal Adams was going to be here for the long run and was going to be a part of the solution, but I'm sorry right now Jamal Adams is becoming a part of the problem and I there part of me thinks at that point if Joe Doug if what happened is you know if what Jamal Adams said is true about Joe Douglas going behind his back and shopping him. Then if you're Joe Douglas You know, you think about that in the back of your head. You think about the backlash that the players got to give you, and Jamal's very outspoken. Like he would, like Joe Douglas had to know that afterwards. You know, something was going to be said. Like Jamal Adams wasn't going to sit back and just take this.
0: No. So I think he has he has too much pride, and i I can't I can't fault him for that because I'm the same way. Right. But at the same time, you need to know boundaries. Yeah, there has to be some boundaries.
1: But I think at that point, like you go back. Like Joe Douglas goes back and this deal actually doesn't get done, you know. I think this locker room, if it's not lost already, which I mean we don't know, but
0: no, because you know what? I don't. Jamal doesn't have beef with with the team, no. with The players.
1: He is just with the coach. Sick. He's just sick and tired of losing. He is. Which is, I mean,
0: uh, we are too. Hello. Yeah. And and we're looking on from the outside in. Yeah. He's front and center. Right. To that. Yeah. So I mean the whole
1: situation sucks, and uh, to go back to my point before, I don't think Jamal Adams is gonna be here for the long run. Okay, like maybe they maybe they patch this up a little bit, but I I it I'm just no,
0: I don't think there's any little bit of patching up. I think it's either you gotta patch it up or yeah. you don't. It's it's a, it's a situation where
1: you have a st- the Jets have a star player, and he can give them so many assets if they really want to rebuild this team.
0: Okay, and like... He recruited Le'Veon Bell right. for the organization. Right, but I'm saying if he the Jets... So, he I'm has, saying He's from, already done so much for this organization, yeah. even though we have a losing record, yeah. and we've always had a losing record with him. I think he is, he is the backbone of this franchise, no matter what anybody says. Yeah, but I'm talking no about... Matter, no matter who's the untouchables, who's not, I think Jamal Adams is the fa- really the face of this franchise yeah. right now.
1: I'm talking about in the case of him being traded, though. Like, he will be able to, I mean, if the Jets shop him seriously, which, I, I mean, I could see it happen. I'm not, like, this offseason, I could, you know, I could see Jamal Adams going into Joe Douglas's office and be like, hey, I want a contract extension now with two years left on my deal, pulling a Ezekiel Elliott situation.
0: It's very possible. Like, this is the
1: way that it's turning now. <laughs> It's very possible, and I then I could see the Jets being like, "Well, I don't, you know, if you really want to be here, we'll pay you, but if not, we're gonna trade you." Mm-hmm. And at this point, like I had so much respect for Jamal Adams, but I've just it's for me it's been lost because he was he wears the C every every Sunday. And, you know, he he was representing this organization the right way until all this went down. And he was the voice. He was like, we're going to get this ship turned around. And then Le'Veon Bell came around and he started saying that. And now this whole stuff happens with Jamal. And now we see kind of his true colors a little bit. Le'Veon Bell, Robbie Anderson, on the other hand, they're still here. I mean, if Jamal Adams is really the leader that we all think that he is, this would not happen. This just would not happen. I see where you're coming so from. So I don't. I'm not. Very, I'm not in very good standing with Jamal Adams right now. He's still a fantastic talent, great player. Like I will support him because he's on my football team. But to end my point on this whole situation, no player is bigger than the team. I don't care who you are. Okay, the Jets are going to outlast Jamal Adams. That's just how it is. Okay. At this point. If the Jets decide to keep him long-term, great. We have a great safety, uh, the backbone of our defense. But if not, and the Jets want to rebuild the team, and if he is the piece to move in order for the Jets to have some draft capital and have some leverage to rebuild this team, so be it. Never thought I would say that, but that's
0: what I'm saying. I can't say that I've lost any respect for him. I, just, I He's He has so much passion for the game, so much pride in himself, and you can't take that away from the guy. No.
1: I'm not, so, but I'm talking about from strictly player, organization, and from what the fans see. I mean, I'm uh, I'm not discounting him as a person. Like, I don't know him on that level, so yeah. I cannot. Like, cannot I don't say know. That. I
0: just, in my eyes, I see him just as a very passionate mm-hmm. person in general, mm-hmm. and his emotions got the best of him. Right, and it, that happens to all of us. It is what it is. I'm not going to have hard feelings for him. I mean, I, does it really matter anyway? Mm. I mean, he doesn't. No. He doesn't care if I have hard feelings no. for him. But it, honestly, it it is what it is. Yeah. And if he goes out and he plays amazing and we trade him, then we lost a superstar. Right. If he stays, wonderful. We have a superstar. Great.
1: Fantastic. This game against Miami. This is. I don't know what turn of the game I don't know what can be made of the rest of this year at one and six, but this is make or break. Like there's no sugarcoating this. Both of these teams in the AFC East are just the bottom feeders of the NFL. The Jets are 32nd in passing yards per game. The Dolphins are 30th passing yards against per game. The Jets are 24th. The Dolphins are 20th. Rushing yards per game, the Jets are thirty-first. Dolphins are thirtieth. Total yards, the Jets are thirty-second. The Dolphins are thirty-first. Okay, this is not a fantastic matchup, but the New York—if there is any game, like uh, like the season's over. I'm so, like one and six. The season's over. If you didn't know that already, uh, I don't know what you're smoking. The season's over. One and six. You know the Jets are looking at a top three, top five pick at this point. Okay, if you don't beat Miami. And I'm actually surprised I have not mentioned Adam Gase yet in these 21 minutes that we've been doing this. But I have nothing else to say about that Jacksonville game. So, But this is they have to win this game. Otherwise, the future of everybody in this organization is in doubt, in my feeling. That includes the head coach. That includes the quarterback. That includes everybody else. If the Jets lose this game to the 0 7 Miami Dolphins, who actually kind of showed up Monday night—was it Monday night? Yeah, yeah. against Pittsburgh, put it going up 14 nothing, which was sh- shocking, but then gave up 27 straight points and lost, in typical Miami fashion. But uh, they have to. There's no other way around this. They have to win. And it doesn't help that now Blake Cashman is. Most likely out for the year. He is out for the year. That is confirmed. He is out for the year. So the Jets have no linebackers, okay? No Mosley, no Williamson, no Hewitt. And Burgess. Mm-hmm. Burgess. James Burgess. Yeah, welcome welcome to the family. Um, I mean, I don't.
0: Should have drove to Josh Allen. And
1: not to mention that Sam Darnold is now wearing a black wrap on his left hand with a splint on his thumb. So
0: Left hand? Yeah. throws right, is, so it's okay.
1: Yeah, so it's fine. You know, he'll be okay. A um, little more injury report that came out from Adam Gase today. Tremaine Johnson, Ryan Khalil, Rontez, Miles, Neville Hewitt did not practice today. Um, I mean, what was Jamal, limited? Jamal was limited because of a foot injury. As Rich Samini said, foot in mouth. <laughs> um, I mean, is there really much to talk about with this game? It's it, They just have to win. They have to. The, win, we don't even. Have, know, the thing is, we don't even know. Line has to
0: show up somewhat. We don't even we know if they're a better team chance. than Miami.
1: We don't even know. We don't even know if they're a better team. Like I'm looking at like the the comparison and uh, the comparison between both teams here. The numbers are so they're similar. But what shocks me though is that the Jets have ten offensive turnovers. Can you guess how many the Miami Dolphins have?
0: Seven. Two. Nice.
1: It's wonderful. This will, this will be scary. It'll be Halloween on Sunday if the Jets lose in Miami. It's, and then they got to come back and play the Giants, who we still have to talk about. Um, they got to come back and play the Giants at home, obviously, because where else would they play it? They both share the freaking stadium.
0: The easiest back half of the schedule in the entire league just got that much harder. Oh, my God. It really disgrace. did disgrace it did it's a disgrace it's hilarious it's it is hilarious
1: we do have to talk about the giants at some point, but let's let's wrap up the jets with this all right there's not much to talk about with this game. they have to win it is what it is otherwise you're going to be one in seven, and whatever Joe, if this team goes actually like they have a chance to go one in fifteen, two and fourteen, three and thirteen right that's not out of the realm of possibility, is it no no, okay
0: really. At this point nothing is out of really. possibility.
1: Like I know you've been backing Adam Gase this whole year. Through one and six, through all this crap. But if they lose to Miami
0: Let me give it to you <sighs> straight. He is not getting fired. No, he's not. No matter no, what happens this season. We know. We know. He will not get fired. Not a chance. But do, do, you do I still out? back him? Do I still back him? A little bit. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. <laughs> because of this offensive line. He can't do anything about the players that he has. He can't. No.
1: Especially now, because ta- the trade deadline is coming are they're, they're,
0: The offensive line's talent is minimal. Honestly, I at this point, Trash I think beyond reversible. Oh, yeah.
1: It horrible. is awful. It's one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. In I my... think it, it,
0: it's got it, – no, it is the worst offensive line that we have ever seen. It, like, it is re- – it's crazy. And you know what? Everybody is saying, well, he should do something with the play calling. He should do something with the play calling. The play calling can be better, though. It could be better, but he can't call anything s- special. Right. Right. Because you have two seconds to get the ball out of your hands, and you know it's not even two seconds because Darnold couldn't get his can't get the ball out he in two seconds. That. He couldn't. He can't. But it's just, and the turnovers that uh, Darnold is making they're, is they're it's on not. Him. It's most the, of them are on him. Most of them. Most yes. of them are on him. The when he rolled out of the pocket and threw the interception oh. last week. <sighs> That's all three, all three
1: of those picks wrong. That was hit. inaccurate. There's no, there's no question.
0: Inaccurate. And he, um, and he also fumbled. He also fumbled. Forced fumble. He Again, that. that's that is. I think the line. Yeah. All right. Because the amount of times that he was sacked and didn't give up the ball. Yeah. We're moving past that Jacksonville game
1: because that was just. I mean, they made Gardner Minshew look like Steve Young out there. But. Must win in Miami because if the Jet, because I'm telling you right now, if they lose to Miami, I'm going to the, we're going to the Giant game, I'm wearing a bag. I'm wearing a bag. I'm doing it. And you can have picture proof. I'm wearing a bag because what the hell? Where, like, where do they even go from there if they lose to Miami? I don't, I don't know, I don't know. The New York Giants, let's transition a little bit. Let's talk about them for a little bit. They didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, of course, besides the Leonard Williams deal. This makes absolutely zero sense on the Giants' side if you're trading for Leonard Williams, okay? They need pass rush, okay? Leonard Williams is a good, above a little, slightly above-average run-stuffer, okay? He doesn't get to the quarterback. That, I mean... That's that's just who he is. But for the Giants to give up a three and a five for a guy that they could have gotten in free agency in eight weeks or a little more than eight weeks is astonishing, is mind-boggling, is kind of (laughs) stupid. It is kind of dumb. Because the giant, the Giants are in the same place as the Jets. All right, they're two and six. They're still in the process of rebuilding. Their offensive line is a slightly below average. Uh, their defense is an absolute shambles. Like to play against the Detroit Lions, who are a—they're an average team. They have decent weapons. I mean, Matt Stafford's no scrub, but. To make Matt Stafford look like a Hall of Fame quarterback out there against that Giants against that Giants secondary, who like I understand they're playing rookies and DeAndre Baker and you know unproven guys like Peppers and and guys that should belong in retirement homes like Genarius Jenkins and Anton Bathea, but holy crap! Like the Jets' offensive line is their weakness. The New York Giants' defense as a whole is just wow, wow! Like to give up like a flea flicker, and such long touchdowns against the Detroit Lions was very eye-opening. But I'm happy to say that the Giants didn't lose that game because of Daniel Jones. He threw four touchdowns. He was good. He was good. If he can do that against the Dallas Cowboys this week, great. Monday Night Football, NFC East matchup, cool. Cool. As far as, like, the trade deadline stuff goes for the Giants, they were linked to Shop Janoris Jenkins, um, a couple names are escaping. Evan Ingram was actually on the – was rumored to be traded. I don't I don't agree with that whatsoever. The Giants need to hold on to him for – I think he he could be Daniel Jones' safety blanket for years and years to come. Um, there's a couple other names I'm missing. Uh, Alec Ogletree was on the tra- – was in trade talks as well. Um, But the big one was Janoris Jenkins. They didn't end up dealing anybody except getting Leonard Williams from the Jets. I think that'll it'll help their defensive line. Like it won't hurt them. It'll help their defensive line. But it just doesn't make sense from a standpoint. And of course, we're going to sit here and crucify Pat Shermer. I mean, he is just making just not awesome decisions, you know, with the timeout usages lately and the lack of challenge flags and. I mean, and the lack of him using Saquon the right way. We think that the Giants should be using Saquon a lot more than they are. He's their best player. Do you have something? Oh, I, thought you were I thought you were just going to tell me something. Um, uh, this matchup against Dallas, 4-3 and three versus 2-6. and six. What do we expect from the Giants against Dallas, Joe?
0: I think Daniel Jones is going to play well again. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the defense is going to be able to contain Dak and... Zeke, it, it's just, it's going to be way too much. But the defensive they line couldn't, they couldn't contain Matt Stafford,
1: right? The defensive so, line will hold up like that, but that Dallas offensive line is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll get stops. They they're they're capable of getting like uh, Dallas yeah, but into you see second you and twelves and third and fourteen. You right. know, they're capable of doing that, but the secondary and the linebackers is where the concern is. You know, playing DeAndre Baker and, you know, Janoris Jenkins, who he's having an okay season, he's fine, but the whole the Giants' defense as a whole we know is just awful. But I think the Giants are going to have to put up points against a talented Dallas Cowboy defense. I think they're number five, or they're definitely top ten in the NFL. Um, I think Dallas wins this one. I think the Giants go into the Jet game at 2-7. and seven. And uh then we have the battle of the uh garbage cans. Because wow, like well the state of New York football is not fun right
0: now. Like no. it's
1: like, we thought it was just gonna be so much better. Like we didn't we didn't think the Giants were gonna be too good, and we thought they were gonna be like 10, six and ten, seven and nine kind of territory. Of course we were stupid and I had high hopes for the Jets, you know, ten and six, nine and seven. That's laughable now. That's absolutely laughable. Um but the state of New York football is as worse as, as it's been. Like, we were hearing, um, we listen to WFAN a lot in this apartment. okay? We were listening to long, long 54-year Jet fan Joe Beningo say, you know, he's lived through all of it. He says that right now, it is the worst it's ever been. And that is and that's saying, really Joe, because... saying something. That is bad. Like, it's going to be nine years without the Jets, you know, having a playoff run. It's, and next year, like, you can already say next year's not going to be great either. I mean, we don't know what it's going to be, but, well, how did we get here? Hmm. How did we get here? It's scary. It is scary to think. We're going to take our first break. I promise we'll be a little happier because we're going to talk hockey. We're going to talk Knicks and Nets. Um, I'll touch a little bit on Game 7 of the World Series last night. Why not? Um. So, yeah, that's what we got coming for you, and we will end with On This Day in Sports History, and then we got our picks tonight, so that's fun. So enough of this depressing crap. We don't need this anymore. We need to laugh a little bit. We need to be a little happy because R.J. Barrett is the new king of New York. That's right. Said it. Said it right here. Kyrie who?
0: <laughs>
1: we know when he puts up 50 points. I'm sorry, Scott. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We'll be right back. You've been listening to the
0: Tri-State Sports Beat. Don't go anywhere. And we're back with the Tri-State Sports Beat, Nick and Joe. I hope you enjoyed your break, but my voice is still here. So, we're going to start off with some NBA. We're going to start off with the New York Knicks. Nick, take it away, buddy. You sure you don't want to rattle off uh, about the Knicks? You sure? Well, no, you didn't let me get the, the stats and everything on my phone. And you have them right there, so mm. you can go ahead. Well, there's not much stats. I just wanted to... The Talk about
1: how how R.J. Barrett is fantastic. Wow. Just want to talk about that. Just want to talk about that real quick. The New York Knicks are a whopping 1-4. Okay? 14th in the East. You could say, oh, uh, that's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. It is. Beginning of the season. But I'm very satisfied with how some of these guys are playing. And I'm going to start... With RJ Barrett, okay, eighteen point two points per game, six rebounds, three six point four rebounds per game, and three assists per game. The thing with RJ Barrett right now is the Knicks are trying to figure stuff out. David Fizdale is trying, and he's getting a lot of criticism for this. He's trying to figure out who fits where. He's playing RJ Barrett the point guard. I think he did that for like two games or whatever. It didn't really seem to work out. And then he plays shooting guard against the Bulls, and that's the one game that the Knicks did win. And, you know, in R.J.'s last, you know, last couple games here against Chicago, he went for, let's see here, he had 19 points, um, one block, five assists, only two turnovers, which is good to see because his previous two games, he had nine turnovers in these last two games. So, um, and again, the things I'm seeing on the court from R.J. Barrett are, you know, the jump shot is struggling. It's still there. It's not quite there yet. You know, we kinda knew that coming in, but he was a very he's a very go to the basket, you know, big body type of point uh shooting guard. You know, he's six six, two hundred and six pounds, nineteen years old. But the fact that he is taking you know, he's playing the game like an adult, which really says something about his character and you know, he's got a strong move to the basket. Like I said, the jump shot is not there right now. He's I think he's shooting under 70% from the free throw line. So that's got to be – things like that have to be adjusted. I'm also very happy with Kevin Knox. He is finding his stroke. He's got 12, 12 points per game, averaging almost four rebounds per game. Um, against the, in, in the win against Chicago, he had 14 points. Um, he went five for two from three-point range uh, – two for five from three-point range, sorry – and right now he' is, he's not he's on the bench right now, so he's not he's not playing significant minutes but David Fisdale's putting him in a f- position to succeed and he's finding he's getting open shots and he's and he's finding a stroke right now and right now he's playing in front and, and he's not actually playing in front, but he's playing more minutes right now than Marcus Morris who is really struggling right now and I don't think I'm not a huge fan of him right now to be honest with you but I think eventually down the road you can see Kevin Knox. He'll win that small forward position and demote Marcus Morris to the bench. Um, Bobby Portis as well is also another interesting interesting name that I'm very impressed with. Mitchell Robinson. I could go on for forever about him. You know, seven feet, two twenty three. You know, his shot blocking radius is absolutely ridiculous. He is a defensive threat every single time he takes the floor. Um, The one thing I do want to talk about, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., before this whole thing happened with the death of his stepmother, he was not on the road trip for the Knicks. um, As well as, I believe it's Reggie Bullock. He also had a death in the family, so I'm pretty unlucky there. Um,
0: It is unlucky. It is? No. It is
1: unlucky. It's sad. Um, I
0: was looking at something else. (laughs) uh,
1: um, But at that time, before this even happened, you know – Dennis Smith Jr was not playing up to par. He was starting in David Fisdell's system and the Knicks fans were actually calling for Frank Neal Aquino, which is stunning because a lot of Knicks fans are not huge fans of Frank, but you know, he's taken a while to develop and he's not he hasn't turned into the number one uh, point guard for this team, but in the action that Frank has gotten, he has not done anything. Like he's he played 22 minutes against the Bulls. He didn't score any points. And then in the loss against Orlando, he played 29 points and scored only seven <coughs> points four assists. I mean, he didn't do, he barely did anything. So, I mean, I'm still on the Frank Nielakina train to, you know, trade him or not resign him or whatever, but the Knicks did pick up his, his option for this year or next year. Um, but overall with this Knicks team, I know, you know, you look at the record at one and four, I think their upcoming, let's pull up their upcoming schedule here. um, they're off tonight as we head into November already. They got they're at Boston, host Sacramento at Detroit, at Dallas, hosting Cleveland, and then at Chicago again for the next couple games here as we head into the middle of November. Um, Knicks fans, the the season's not it's it's going to be a long season again. Let's just it, you know we're developing young talent. The guys that we want to see are playing well. R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, uh, Mitchell Robinson. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. needs to pick it up. Um, and, but there are promising young players on this Knicks team, and they are showing something here. You know, with, especially with that win against the Bulls the other night, they're showing me something. And I'm taking this Knicks season as what I basically took it as last year. They're not going to get a lot of wins, but they're going to be competitive. And these guys, these young guys, are going to be competitive. And, you know, trying to build a foundation. Now, I understand that David Fisdale is being heavily criticized for his, you know, management of the rotation. It's early in the season. You're five games in. I'm not too worried about this. This is the time. This is exactly like what we talk about with hockey, Joe. You know, you should, you change around lines all the time in the beginning of the year to try and figure something out, get something going. That's exactly what the Knicks are doing right now. They're trying to figure out sp- like where they're going to put R.J. Barrett. They tried him at the point guard. I, I, you know, I don't think that's his best position to succeed, and we've seen it. So I think he's been thriving at the shooting guard position, but the Knicks continue to f- try and figure out their point guard situation with Dennis Smith, with Frank Nilekina, um, You know, they're gonna. It's going to be a revolving door of guys trying to make their way on this young Knicks team. Uh, again, it's not going to be a great season. Record-wise, but as long as we're seeing progression from the young guys, Alonzo Trier as well, um, as long as we're seeing progression and nobody's regressing and getting worse, I'm going to call this Knicks season a success on the developmental standpoint. So that's where I stand with the Knicks. I may be frustrated that they've lost ten out of their last, you know, down the stretch they they're going to lose ten out of their last twelve or whatever, but. You know, keep in mind, Knicks fans, it's going to be frustrating. You know, it's going to be a frustrating couple of years, but they are trying to do this the right way, which is something that the Knicks have not done, you know, the past decade. You know, past decades, I could say. Um, So that's it on the Knicks. Let's transition to Joe's Brooklyn Nets, shall we?
0: Tough loss the other night Mm -hmm. against the Pacers. But um, other than that, I think Kyrie's still playing really well. Uh, he's averaging, where was it? Averaging, shh, averaging thirty-five points a game. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're getting what we paid for. that's what you, that's what you get s- for right now. Um, but there are some uh, some talks about his attitude in the locker room and his emotions, and basically the whole spiel that we had when um, when he was in Boston. Mm-hmm he came out in the press conference and said that it is what it is like he's his own person like what he does on and off the court is or what he does off the court is his life and he likes a private life and that and honestly that's okay with me i don't i don't get why so many people are are upset with the way he lives, and they're not upset. Off, they're just skeptical sca- about yeah. what's
1: you know how scared he's gonna go to about see, this. Yeah, scared to You're see. The, in the
0: remake of Boston, right. basically. Right. Um, but I mean, if he's so if he's putting up points like this, he's forty forty seven and a half percent from field goal range, forty uh, percent from three point. He's being Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he's That's, being I mean, he's being the player that we paid him to be. Right, and if he if he continues that. On the court, then I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. It, it's when he starts making problems in the locker room and and on the court is when you're going or to try shooting to say, the ball forty times and only you know and only making a quarter of that. Right? Yeah, I get that. But from from my standpoint, I don't mind whatever he does off the court is what he does off the court as long as he's not getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Uh, the other, one, the other thing that I want to talk about a little bit is the, the rotation between DeAndre Jordan and uh, Jared Allen. Mm. What are your, what are your uh, thoughts on having DeAndre Jordan start over Jared Allen? I don't think it's great. I understand that right
1: now in the beginning of the year, Jared Allen is not playing up to par. I mean the loss against the loss against Indiana, eight points. Uh, the the win against the Knicks only had four. The loss the overtime loss against Minnesota had six. I mean his best game was the one where they lost to Memphis, and you know they got the the game winner hit against them. Mm-hmm. So which was heartbreaking. We to watched We watched it. We <laughs> watched it. Watch. it was tough to watch. Um, but he scored fourteen points in that one. Um, you know I think. I just think if you're Kenny Atkinson, you just look I know the Nets are trying to compete right now for the playoff spot. I mean they they were in the playoffs last year. But you also have to this Nets team is also still guys that are developing into NBA players. Yeah. And Jarrett Allen's one of them. I think I think it's okay right now. I mean, you want to play DeAndre Jordan now to like I mean, because odds are, DeAndre Jordan's an older player. He's going to be run
0: down in the, the middle the to the end season. of the season. And you know, what? in in my eye, it looks it's it's okay with me right now, but down like I think what you're getting to down the stretch of the season, Jared Allen's only going to become a better player, right? So he's the, he's the he's kind of like what
1: Mitchell Robinson is to the Knicks. Yeah. He's strong defensively. He's very strong on the boards. I mean, he's, he had nine rebounds. He's got, in these last uh, four games, he's had nine rebounds, 11, 13, 18. Yeah. I mean, not 18, eight, sorry. That would have been great, though. Um, I mean, he's awesome on the boards. He's I, mean, a, I mean, he's averaging 10 rebounds a game. Right. So, and that's, that's really what he brings to the table. He's not a huge point scorer. He's not. He's your big body, defensive-minded, and he... Gets after the rebounds. Um, what is your thoughts? I would really like to know Scott's point on this. How Kenny Atkinson is using Karis LeVert to this point? 18.5 points per game. Um, you know, only playing 24 minutes against the Knicks, 12 points. I think he's played significantly more. Yeah,
0: I think it's hard because you did just pay Kyrie Irving. hmm so you want him on the court, and with him scoring the amount of points that he is, you want him on the court. He's he's the guy you're playing through right now. Yeah. So I think I can, I think Karis Levert is a extremely good bench player at this point on the Knicks on or the on Knicks. the Nets, but if you were to put him in any other lineup. He's going to start. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to tell right Wait, now. Wait, did you say they, he's on the bench? He's starting for them. Kyrie LeVert? Yeah. I'm saying over Kyrie. Like, if you, if you have Kyrie out on, uh, on the the field or on the court, you're going to give. Well, he's, Karis playing, he's playing. He's playing either the two or the three. Time. What? He's playing either
1: the two or the three.
0: Okay. But so
1: I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. Like, I kind of get what you're saying, but he's playing significantly more since that Knicks game. He played 38 minutes in the loss against Memphis, 28 minutes uh, in the loss against Indiana. Um, I kind of hope he kind of stays at that 35, you know, 30, 35 minute mark. Mm -hmm. I think the Nick, I think the Nets need him to be productive. And another productive guy, because you were talking about the bench before, we'll talk about their, be- their best bench players, Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. Um, 17.5 points off the bench per game. Um, he, I think right now, besides Kyrie, he's been their most consistent player. Uh, 26, 26 minutes against the Knicks, 29 minutes against Memphis, 26 minutes against Indiana. In all those games, he's scored 15 or more points. And he's had five or more assists. Spencer Dinwiddie's I think he's the backbone of this Nets team. Mm-hmm. And I think he's in a perfect role where he is.
0: He's right now. he's probably the most reliable at this yeah, point. This. Absolutely. I mean, it's early in the season, but he's the most reliable so far. Mm-hmm. Um so the
1: Nets upcoming schedule, let's take a look. Um so you're
0: overall impressed with what I mean, the wins haven't yeah, been there I mean, the 1 and 3. The wins but it's are going to Yeah, the wins are going to come. It's four games in the season. Mm-hmm. I don't – I'm not too nervous about um, the remaining schedule, not to say yeah, that as they're we, not going to – As we head into November
1: ever. here, on Friday the 1st, they play – which is tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. They play Houston at Barclays Center at Detroit um, against and New Houston's Orleans. Houston's
0: playing ridiculously ridiculous. right now.
1: James Harden's went off for 59. Was it 59 or 50? I think Something it was like 59. that. Um, they host New Orleans. They're at Portland. At Phoenix, at Utah, at Denver, at Chicago. So, you know, again, as they head into the midway point of November. So, I mean, all very interesting games. The one against Houston is going to be on national TV. Uh, That should be an interesting one. I think they can beat Detroit. They can beat New Orleans. Uh, It's going to be a tough one against Portland. They should easily handle Phoenix. They can beat Utah. They can hang with Denver. Denver is going to be tough, I think. And then they can easily beat Chicago, I think. So... The Nets are due for more wins here as the, as we head into November. Uh again, if you're worried about this Nets team right now, I uh, I mean I'm not the last said uh, the buzzer beater against Memphis, that was I mean, Memphis deserved to win that game. John Morant was unlucky. John Morant was a absolute monster. And uh Who well. was
0: it that hit that? Conley? Uh, no, it was Not Conley, um Um Jay Crowder. Crowder. Yeah, Jay Crowder. Was yeah. C.
1: Um you know Memphis deserved to win that game they played their hard outs John Morant led them you know led them all the way down to the final minutes and um but the Nets fought hard and I think this Nets season is going to be very exciting I think the net. you know Evan Roberts jokes all the time that the Nets only have 7,000 fans but the Nets are going to have a very good season they're going to win a lot they're going to win plenty of games to I think to make a playoff run again and you know their schedule I don't. I wouldn't say their schedule really favors them right now, but it's a it can go either way. it's a 50/50 shot in all these upcoming games for the Brooklyn Nets. All right Joe, let's transition
0: to the ice. Oh the ice. I thought you were going to say baseball. No. I was like, oh. no, no no. Um, okay, so let's we'll start off with start off with your no let's start off with the Islanders we, we you never want to start off with the Rangers? Well, I was going to do them second. I was going to yeah, New York, New okay. York. New York and okay, whatever. All right. So, in this last stretch of November, the Islanders have gone three and three in the past three, three and zero in the past three, um, winning against Arizona four to two, winning against Ottawa four to two, and then most recently beating the Flyers five three. Tomorrow night they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have had a split decision one in one against both our New York Rangers and New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be stiff competition only because the players that, um, that the players that the Lightning have had through these past few years have always made playing them tough. Uh, Vasilevsky being in net isn't going to help them, uh, help the Islanders. Um, I forgot to mention they're they're trying to protect the seven game
1: win streak they got here. Who the Islanders? Oh yeah yeah yeah. I thought you were talking about the Lightning. I no, was like they're trying to save this seven game win streak they got going on. They are the hottest team in New York so far. Yeah, they are. So far, the Jets stink. The Giants stink. The Yankees are done. The Mets stink. Uh,
0: what the Devils Buffalo? stink. What about Buffalo? We don't talk about the Bills. <laughs> I was talking about the Sabres. They stink, too. Uh, they actually... They're not that bad no, this not. not so... Not right now. But New York um, sports are in shambles, but the New York Islanders of yeah. all teams are keeping them afloat. They're keeping they the are. city from drowning. And speaking of Buffalo, they all, they play the Islanders... After, they play them after... They do. Uh, they, they take on Buffalo Sabres mm-hmm. right after. So I think both those games are going to be pretty good. Um, you have the stats on our goaltending, so why don't you uh, enlighten the people on the goaltending matchup because all three of these teams mm-hmm. have been splitting goaltenders.
1: Vasilev well not Vasilevsky, Varlamov. Varlamov. Four and two in his last six starts. Thomas Grice four and one. Um we kinda had this discussion, was it last week or two weeks ago about how
0: they should probably pick one to go with. Yeah. At this point And that's that honestly it goes for all three teams. Right. Um and you brought up the point i think it was last week about if it really affects the team and their chemistry and mm-hmm. and all that um going back to that i don't really i just don't think it really does at this point especially okay. especially on the end of the flyers or the flyers the um the islanders um because like you said they're on this 7 game winning streak and they've been splitting goalies the whole time mm-hmm. so I mean, right now Grice statistically is the
1: guy, 2.8 goals against average, um a 931 save percentage. Both of them have no shutouts yet, but I mean, it's not a huge drop off. varlamov has got a 2.53 goals against and a 918 save percentage. So it's not a huge it's not like it's a huge drop off between either of these guys.
0: Yeah, and the the save percentage actually was just a little bit better than that um against the Flyers, mm-hmm. 0.91. Uh point Nine oh three, right? So, um, so uh, I mean, it's
1: it all depends on what how Barry Trotz is feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a game by game basis, uh, he's got to make this decision. I mean, it's but I feel like it would just be easier. I mean. I think they got it they just got to end up choosing one in the long run is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, and and I think they I don't know how long whether, they can keep doing this. Whether it's based on play, based on injury, they're going to have to go th- to one of them. But eventually. if it's
1: working, then I mean,
0: yeah, and I mean it, also it it gives that other goaltender a rest. Right. So you have a fresh goalie going mm-hmm. in every week, every game basically. Mm-hmm. Um Thoughts
1: uh well, well. The Islanders are on a seven game win streak. We we talked about this already, but ninety five
0: penalty minutes. It's eleventh in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Problem at eleventh in the NHL. I mean, it's I guess it it proves that it's relatively average. You know what? But to complement that, fourth on power play at twenty seven point eight percent on the power yeah. play. So if they could, if they could. Draw more penalties mm-hmm. than they generate, then I don't. I really just don't see a problem with it. Right. Um,
1: their top point getter right now is Brock Nelson, mm-hmm. followed by Josh Bailey, Matt Barzal. Five goals for Barzal, four for Nelson, four for Andres Lee. Um, I think right now those are the guys that just they stick the out. Islanders are paying to get it done.
0: Yeah. And Barzell, I believe, is still on his rookie contract, so he's, mm-hmm. they don't even need to pay him right now, which nope. is nice. Um, but the other one that had a, a good game in, in Philadelphia, or Bar, uh, against Philadelphia, was Derek Broussard scoring one of the loan, well, his loan goal. Um, but, yeah, the Barzell, who else? Brock Nelson and um, what was the other one you said? Sorry. Andres Lee and Andres Lee had a great season last year as well, mm-hmm. so I see them playing a lot through those three players um players that I would like to see step up a little bit I already got one who's that Jordan Eberle there you go by far Eberle and Bailey. no goal Bailey.
1: no goal three assists and those are' his only three points he's got mm-hmm. minus uh plus minus of only minus one not terrible it's fine um only eleven shots on net. What's that about? What for that? for Jordan Eberle for Eberle shoot the puck, young it, man. It
0: yeah, I Islanders
1: paid him. They gave him. They paid him right. Yeah yeah. So he showed up huge in the playoffs. I figured. I thought that a guy like Jordan Eberle that I was going to follow into the beginning of the year. I think that's the only concern. Well,
0: one of the only concerns. As it far as happened. It right. happens sometime Sometimes, and you see. Once they get to that midseason form, mm. it'll start to pick up a little yep. bit because he was he was a big key down the stretch of the season and into the playoffs mm-hmm. for them. So again, it's very very possible that it can happen again. What about um, Casey Sizikis? Sizikas I coming off a twenty goal season last
1: year, he's only held to one assist. <sighs>
0: Again, early in the season. Yeah. I again, it's it's hard to tell so far, only because again, eighty-two games. I don't think all this they, matters. So I don't. What's their record right they're now? They're eight,
1: like, eight, and three. Yeah. So can't complain. They're on a seven-game winning streak. You cannot complain mm-hmm. from starting. It's a great. One it's a three. great.
0: It's a great start for the team. Right. Player-wise, if if players are stepping up, I don't. It's not that big a deal, right? Your New York Rangers. Coming off a big win, Mm-hmm. big, big win. Against the against Tampa Bay Tampa Rangers. Bay. Tampa, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but previously, I th- we covered the Arizona game. Mm-hmm. They played Buffalo. They ended up winning 6-2. to two. They played Boston, lost 4-7, to seven, which is kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. And then they followed that loss with a win in Tampa Bay. As they are in uh, New York against Tampa Bay. As they retire the longtime Ranger. Dan Girardi. Oh, they retired did they retire his number? I don't I don't know if they retired his number, but they gave him like the farewell and everything. Oh, nice. I didn't get to see the, the whole they had it they held a ceremony. Um I like how it was between New York and Tampa Bay because mm-hmm. he played for for Tampa Bay right. at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, wanting to be retired as a Ranger. Um, and it's always nice that the Rangers win that competition because there are still a lot of Ranger, former Rangers on the Lightning. Are you, are you, well, are you go go through that schedule and the, then I'll have my my little argument. I was finished. Oh, you're finished? I was oh, just to do game Good. stats at this. Good. Go ahead. Because, um, how's the king? The king did not play in that game. He the king. He didn't play in that game. I know. You have have the goaltender stats. We have this for each of our team. Georgiev. Yeah. 2.5 goals against average. Mm -hmm.
1: The quote-unquote king. Yep. 3.58. Save percentage in favor of Mr. Georgiev. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. 9.24. The quote-unquote king. Yeah. 906. What are you saying? Neither have shutouts. What are you saying? This kid should be starting.
0: Already? I said it from the beginning of the year. Yeah. I said it from the beginning of the year. That's all. Again. That's all. I like... I I kind of like the way that they're doing things right now. Flash the glove, young man. I, I like how they're doing things right now. Mm. Georgiev is going to be the future heir to the throne in... Madison Square Garden. I can scout hockey goalies, obviously. It's a talent of mine. No, the Rangers can scout (laughs) (laughs) goaltenders. Um, Talent evaluator. No, the stats don't lie. I do believe that he's going to be the goaltender this season, the go-to starter this season. As long as injuries do not plague either of them, I think what they are doing right now by splitting Mm -hmm. goaltender matchups isn't a bad thing. He's getting. Ta- uh, Georgiev is being taught by one of the greatest that can ever do it. Who's their goalie coach again? I'm talking about Longquist. Well, who's their? I don't know the name of the goaltender coach. Well, who? Well, you used to talk about the guy who. Who's the guy that brings up
1: these goalies? I thought you, there was some guy that used to like, oh, he's great at developing goalies.
0: Yeah, I just know the guy that oh, okay. we have is great at developing okay. goalies.
1: You don't know his name? Um,
0: Fake fan. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the devil's goaltender coach? He should be fired. It was Chris Horrery. <laughs> should be fired. It was Chris Horrery. <laughs> um, it might still be. No, but I I like I like how they're doing things right now, um, splitting goaltenders, and he is he's being taught by one of the greatest to ever do it to ever play the game, whether he has a ring or not. Roland Melanson. Cup, Roland Roland Mullins. Nice. I like that name, Roland. That's the devil's goalie coach. Oh, I don't like that name. I'll go to the Rangers one day. And I do, like I said, I do think he's going to be the... The heir to the quote-unquote flaw. Yeah. Um, the 2.6, uh, 2.56 goals against average speaks for itself. The save percentage speaks for itself. It's... I don't, it's wanna, the inevitable. I don't wanna
1: butcher this name, but it's Benoit something. Uh where is it? Right here.
0: Benoit Lair. He okay. used to be a Ranger. Yeah, like you I act like th- you know I'm who that is. I'm pretty sure he used to be a Ranger. I know he used to like play in the NHL. Benoit. Really? My dad knows that name. I've heard the name before. Yeah. Alright,
1: so. Mika's a Upper body injury. He's gonna be out for a while. Yeah. But he's leading the team 11 points, followed by Strom and
0: uh Panarin with 10. Um early in the season, that's, that's one thing we are definitely getting our money's worth in Panarin. That's what I was just saying. Somebody ask you. somebody that something that we haven't been able to do for quite some time. And it's nice to see that he's leading the team
1: in goals with 5. Yeah. In this early in early point in the season yeah. cuz usually if you like uh, I don't think it's so much just the Rangers. I think whenever a big star makes a jump to another organization, it takes them a little bit of time to get acclimated. And, you know, fans in New York are not the most patient. Mm -hmm. You know, we know that for a fact here. Absolutely. Um, Does Tony D'Angelo being up there with Zibanejad and Panarin, as far as goals go, is that like one of your biggest surprises? Or did you kind of know what you were getting in this guy? I
0: knew the potential we were getting in this guy. He's young. He's young, young, He's young, young yeah. yeah. He you, he had problems off the ice. He had problems in the locker room um, his first year. And now that—and I, I, I believe this is his last year of his contract. So coming into this season, we knew that we needed—he uh, needed to have— a breakout season, basically, mm-hmm. and so far that's exactly what he's doing. You said he has what four goals? Yes, right now. Mm-hmm. He honestly, I every time there's a game on and I'm not able to watch it, and I see his name pop up on the on my phone for stats. At this point, it doesn't surprise me. He had two goals. What game was that? It was a few games ago. I believe it was Vancouver. It was either Vancouver or Arizona. And at that point, I was like, this kid's going to actually be able to do something this year. He's going to actually be able to prove himself. D'Angelo
1: is in the last year of his contract. He is, right. Of his. Um, I believe it's his rookie contract. Yeah, one year, $9, $925,000. Yeah. And then he's a restricted free agent after this year.
0: So so yeah i I think that so far he's proving himself, and as mm-hmm. long as he can continue this, he's somebody that I'm going to say we have to resign okay um let's talk about uh
1: the big cheese, talk about capo caco, okay, okay two goals, one assist, three points, plus minus of minus twelve
0: thoughts that is one reason that he is. Not having fun right now. His last ten play.
1: games, he's only managed to. Well, all of his three points have come in the last ten games. Yeah. Okay. Minus four they against have, Boston. Have they
0: even played ten games?
1: Yeah. Have they? Yeah, uh, they are. Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. One, two, three, four, five. I think it's like six, nine, seven, or ten. Eight, maybe ten. Nine. It is ten. Okay. Um.
0: What are your early thoughts on Capocaco? I like his skill. I do like his skill. I think what he could bring to the team in the future is going to be absolutely insane for this franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the comparison between him and Jack Hughes is very close still. Um, and He's going to break out, whether it's going to be the middle of this season or next year, it's going to be one of the two. Okay. I don't think it's going to take very long for him to actually really break out and become and and show the n h l that he may have should have been he may have been able to go number one instead of number two and I think that's the same thing that he wants to prove the fact that he's on a team that doesn't have that much talent and is is kind of what every every uh, young star has to deal with. Because it's the same thing with Jack Hughes. He's a young kid with a lot of potential on a team that's not really that great. And I'm saying that as both a Ranger fan and an analyst. It's not. Last thought on the Rangers. Jacob Truba, as advertised so far.
1: One goal, five assists, six points, minus one, plus minus
0: thirty hits, as advertised. Uh, I want to say yes. I thought he was going to be more of an offensive threat, though. He's doing like his defensive skill is as advertised. Yes. Is there anybody
1: who who are you disappointed in before so far as we move Let's to the Devils, real quick? Players? Scheidel?
0: Stall, wow. I don't know because he was just recalled. Um, Mark Stahl, where have you been? Yeah, one goal, one point. Mark Stahl is where more of a been? defensive defenseman, though. He's not an offensive threat, and I, I always thought that about him. Okay. Um, one person that I'm a little disappointed in that I can say is probably Brady Shea. His defense again is is really good. Um, but I think he has his cap is see, the ceiling, and he has only reached midway. Okay. And last season, he you can had say that a, really a lot good of about season. a lot of Ranger
1: players. It, it, you
0: exactly. can say that about Fox, exactly Lemieux. Oh, and Fox scored his first NHL goal last night. Right. So again, he was just recalled, though. Right. He was just called up uh, from the AHL. So congratulations to him. Um, and Brendan Lemieux. He's got to get more involved. Who is Greg McKegg? Greg McKegg is... That is
1: quite the name. <laughs> Greg McKegg. We acquired
0: him this offseason. season, He's doing keg stands in concourse at <laughs> Madison Square Garden. <laughs> We acquired him this past off season. He's more of just like a role player, fourth liner. I don't really expect much from him. Keg but stands
1: in the concourse.
0: That's what he Mick, should be doing. He hasn't Mick, done anything. Mick cake stands. Mick cake stands.
1: Work with McDonald's. Oh my goodness, that is hilarious. <laughs> the New Jersey Devils. Let's just make this short and sweet. Well, you don't want to talk about your, they your beloved Devils. Are a freaking disgrace.
0: Past two, five, past two five weeks. Three. Past well, two weeks, two games. <sighs> Arizona a loss five to three. And the most recent one, the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime. Seven uh, you seven. seven to six. Not awful. Not looking too good. Like the team, like as far as team
1: ranks go, twenty eight goals for, That is last in the NHL. Goals against forty one. That is twentieth. On the
0: power play, 10.3%. That is 26th. And you know what? It's not that they're not getting opportunities because against the Lightning, they have oh, 42 shots on net. goodness. 42
1: shots the on net. The goaltending situation. Holy crap. Like, this was my one concern about this team. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie Blackwood. Five—what is he? Two—two two and two. Yeah, two and two. In six games played, 3.31 goals against— and then the old freaking mighty Corey Schneider, zero three, four point seven one goals against Good average. God, tough. And even though like Kyle Palmieri had a hat trick, but like he know, like he's been okay, seven points. All right, that's cool. But like our top point getters, Taylor Hall, nine points. All right, still early in the year. Whatever. Uh, followed by Palmieri, Vatn in. Paul Murray has six goals, leads the team in goals, followed by Vatten and Jesper Bratt.
0: They are just ah. and one of the worst outings nice. by Schneider was he came last game with a sixty nine point six save percentage. Nice, so nice. No, not nice. The good thing that did come out for the uh, for the Devils was Kyle Palmieri with a hat trick mm. in that game. Um, but other than that, you have you have stats on their. Uh, I just want to talk about my boy Jack. Their Hughes. leaderboard. No, I just want to talk about my boy Jack Hughes. Two goals, three assists, five points. He's sick. He is as advertised. He's sick. He is. You're not drumming the gun too quick on that. No, I don't think. Like, I, he's good right now.
1: Okay. Uh, you know, i sick. You know, that's a word that Scott Compa- uses. Honest comparison to Capocaccio. They're pretty equal right They're so pretty far cool. yeah yeah i mean the numbers speak for themselves but yeah, whatever. It's Whoever one assist. whoever's got more goals, whatever um no but i think he's being as advertised he's john hines has given him a shot on the first line you know and i think he'll continue to get some of these chances um the fact that he was born in 2001 is astonishing <laughs> sorry i just looked at the birth date wow
0: that makes me feel like ancient. Just think, he feel. is the same age as my sister. Well, we're gonna take a break.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's messed up. It That's is, crazy. right? Crazy. That is nuts. I've been doing the same thing. I've been watching. I've been oh watching like God. ages, like just go down oh as Lord, they get drafted. I'm like, shit. this kid is crazy. What did just I do came out wrong? Of, just came out of the womb. He's <laughs>
1: already playing. And he's already got skates on. Good Lord. But, uh, I can only imagine how my dad feels. He's old. We all know that. <laughs> dad, if you're listening, you're freaking old. <laughs> um. But and then the last in the game against Tampa, no points for him. But he was on a three-game point streak when the Devils went 2-1, actually. So I guess when Jack Hughes has points, that means the Devils win games. So uh, give him the freaking puck, please. Or they're easy teams to score on. That, too. <laughs> that, too. I mean, he did score against the Rangers, so I mean, what does that say? Oh no, he had an assist against didn't. Rangers. <laughs> I was going to say no. He didn't. I almost read that wrong. Sorry, Charlie. Um, I would have. But liked. overall, I'm just yeah. like I—I'll I, be honest. I'm a Devils fan. I have not been watching though. Like it's it's bad hockey. It's bad, and I'm not just. I'm that's not the reason I'm not watching though. But like they're just—we're still keeping tabs on. Yeah, them.
0: it's just it we football. Don't, we have football. Yeah, football we don't sit down. And busy. the World Series just uh, yeah. finished up. Yeah. Basketball yeah. just started. We, uh, got, yeah. a we got
1: a lot on for our plate. we got a lot on our plate.
0: For two, three guys, yeah. it's, it's a really lot
1: more hard. And um, I wanna end this segment before we before we take a break and end tonight's show. Uh, congratulations to the Washington Nationals on winning the World Series. Thank you for beating the Astros. That was amazing. Um, Steven Strasberg, the MVP. The Washington Nationals, their first ever World Series since they were the Senators in nineteen twenty four. Good for them. Joe had a hot take, um while you're during while you on break. Uh what did you say that the Phillies are gonna win the World Series in two years? Two years. Two years? All right. I mean it's, you're not out of the ballpark. I mean, but I'd rather not
0: have that happen. I like the Phillies. the Phillies are okay. I don't I don't like when any Philadelphia team really wins.
1: Uh, so. You know, that's it is what it is though.
0: As New York as New York New Jersey
1: fans, of course we don't like that. But two years, huh? Two years. Yeah. All right.
0: Joe Girardi is going to get him going.
1: Because Joe Girardi is the best freaking manager ever. Bryce
0: Harper is going to swing. He's got to have
1: a bigger year for them. I think he, really he will. Does.
0: I think he will. I he was getting that, acclimated. I'm kind of hoping he does. And then uh, when Garrett Cole signs with them. Now. Now.
1: Doesn't that happen? No, no. If that happens. Or Rondone. Oh. Oh. Rondon. I think he stays in Washington. Yeah, probably. I think so. I don't Especially know. after a win. Yeah, we'll see. Normally we'll bigger players. All right. We will take our... Second break, and when we come back, we will do on this day in sports history because I think that's all we have left to do. I think so. This has been the Tri-State Sports Beat on Halloween Eve. Ooh, Ooh, it's getting scary. The Jets are scaring the crap out of me. What else is new, though? We'll be right back. Was... Welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat, everybody. We have a special guest in the building.
0: Oh yeah, it is. New,
1: it is New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? What made you want To come on the show Um, You know I really didn't have Anything else to do It's Halloween I'm feeling pretty spooky Right now I'm <laughs> really? Feeling real spooky Um, You know You guys have a great setup here I'll be honest with you It's pretty cool You
0: like all the Jets attire
1: You know I'm not uh, It's fine I mean It's not the right color For me honestly I mean uh, You know I tried it on before But I mean It just didn't seem To work
0: out it's, it's You had really, one outfit And you uh, barely Put it on well, what would that be? What are you talking about? When you were to coach the Jets. Oh, uh, uh,
1: I don't recall that. I've never been the coach of the Jets in my life, I don't think. I don't think I've ever been the... Uh, I don't think I've ever coached the New York Jets before in my life. I don't even know who they are, you know, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, make me sad. our team played great. Um, we're on to new, uh, new England. Uh, I coached New England. I <laughs> won six Super Bowls in my time. Um... One more you know, we're on to uh, we're on to whoever we're playing. Uh, Tom's playing great. I mean, I might coach till I'm seventy. So, um, you know, we got great players around us. You know, these guys make me look awesome. Even though um, I'm the best coach ever. So, and uh, gotta give credit to ownership too. So. Really
0: think you're better than Schuler?
1: Don Schuler. Who is that? I don't even. <laughs> so we're, we're on to the next game. We're on to our next opponent. Um, I don't even know who we play next, but we're on to him. And, uh, Does it matter? No, it doesn't at all. I mean, we're going to run the table. We're, uh, we're going to win the Super Bowl, but uh, you didn't hear that from me. So, <laughs> just saying, you didn't hear that from me. Um, is there anything else you want like
0: Do Do you, do you assess your, uh, your defense as the best defense in the league? Oh, uh, I mean... And how do you feel? How are you going to... We're just uh, playing at a really high level right now. How I mean, are you going just, to contain um, Patrick Mahomes when you play him late in the season? Patrick who?
1: Uh, we're just going to play whoever's in front of us. I mean, we're just going to play our brand of football. We're going to do our job. Everybody's going to do what they have to do, I mean, to win football games. <laughs> so, is there anything else? You're a cocky son of a bitch. Is there, any, is there anything else you like to say? No. All right. Well, uh, thank you and uh, good night. Thank you, Coach. Uh, it's very nice to hear from you. That is uh, Bill Belichick's daily spot on the Tri-State Sports Beat. Isn't daily spot is it, a, a new thing we I have hate him? Is it? Oh, we yeah, we do. <laughs> 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 well, thank you, Coach. Uh, next week we will have uh, Bill Parcells on. Just wait. Oh,
0: When's Montana coming? Out? Uh, Montana, Montana, Madden, coming John
1: up. Madden. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe around Thanksgiving. To talk Ooh. about is Turdockin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you
1: make some mean Turdockin? <laughs> we have lost our freaking mind on this show. Yeah, we have. Well, thank you to Coach Belichick for uh, stopping in on the uh, East Stroudsburg studios. Uh, thank you, Coach, and uh, I hope you lose the rest of your games this year. All right, Joe. <laughs> <y'all. laughs> it is time to wrap things up for episode number 94 with On This Day in Sports History. <laughs>
0: What do we got, Joe? Trivia! Happy halloween to everyone. On Halloween, October 31st, 1950, mm-hmm. who became the first African-America, African-American African-American <laughs> to play in the, M- in the NBA? Can you repeat that, please? <laughs> Yeah. Not Poli- yeah, I'll do that Go for straight you. Straight up, honestly, it was not paying attention. <laughs> On October 31st, 1950, who became the first African-American Good. to play in an NBA game? 1950?
1: Yes. Wow. Oh, goodness. This is a tough one. I'm going to go with. uh, I really don't know. There's so many. I'm just going to you know a team. No. Can you
0: tell me or do you not know the Capitals? Like. No, you heard that, right? (laughs) I have no idea. Earl Lloyd. I was going to say Elgin
1: Baylor. I know that was like way before his time, but (sighs) all right. Cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Okay. That's cool. So, <laughs> we're going to skip birthdays today. No, we're not. No, no, no. Happy birthday to you. Very spooky Halloween birthday
0: special. There's a lot of names. Come on. on this paper. Come on. All right. For the fans. Happy birthday to Cal Hubbard. <laughs> Jersey Joe Walcott? Walcott. 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 Oh, yeah, it's Walcott. How do, how do I say it? How do you say it? Just continue. How do you say it? Walcott. That's what I said. No, I'll play I'm it back. Pronunciating. Go ahead. Dave McNally. Brian. Piccolo? I think. <laughs> Frank Shorter, easy. Mickey Rivers, easy. The Almighty. <laughs> Alabama coach Nick Saban, Ugh. John Lucas. He's almost as exciting as Belichick. <laughs> Mike Gallego, like Legos, like the blocks. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I'm stuck with. on this next name. That's why I'm. Calling I, don't, I don't play with Legos. We just move on. Get to out the, of here, Belichick. On again, um, Bill Frolic. Bill, Fred Bill, Bill, McGriff, Bill Matt Noakes, Antonio Davis, Lee Woodall. <laughs> I know I messed that one up. You would have no Steve more for for reading names. Steve Trischel and Mike Napoli. Mike Napoli. 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 Napoli.
1: We decided to cut Joe Bruno off the team. Uh, he is not
0: very good uh, saying name, so uh, we're just uh we're gonna move on in a different direction okay all right thanks. just like they did to Josh Gordon, yeah, that's tough. Josh, Josh is a t- on this day talented player, I mean in two thousand and one, the Yankees shocked the Diamondbacks in game four of the World Series when why is there another name <laughs> Tino Martinez yeah hit a two-out, two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth to tie the score at three. That was followed in the 10th by the almighty Derek Jeter's Mm -hmm. solo shot to win it. The game ended after midnight, thus beginning Jeter's Mr. November moniker. Yes. Yeah,
1: that's it. That's great. That is... A great thing to end on, despite all the crap that is going on in New York sports. That is fantastic.
0: Oh, Marcus um, Mariota's birthday was yesterday. Really? Who cares? I like Marcus Mariota, but like... Andy Dalton's was two days ago. Oh, yeah, because he was
1: sat on oh, his birthday. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Sorry, Andy Dalton. Apologies for that. That's terrible. That sucks. All right, so that is on this day, and
0: that... Oh, Marishino Tanaka's birthday is tomorrow. Who? Tanaka. Maraschino? Like, the cherry?
1: Masahiro.
0: Masahiro. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. On Coco Crisp's birthday is tomorrow. Wait, wait, wait. wait. There's one more I know, I think. Coco Crisp. Bruce Irvin. Tomorrow. Maraschino
1: Tanaka. (laughs) You can't make this up, folks. You really can't. You really can't.
0: <laughs> Guys, thank you, Ooh, so- Jimmy Garoppolo and Danny Danny Amendola. Are you finished? On November second. Are you finished?
1: Oh wait, you know what? You know what Jimmy Garoppolo and Danny Amendola have in common,
0: Joe?
1: Do you know what they have what? in common? Ooh, Colin Kaepernick is in two days. Did you? Can you answer my question? I don't know. You don't know what they have in common? Dez Bryant, they Devin ball. Hester
0: they on ball. the fourth. They both played for Bill Belichick. Vince Wilfork. You're done. Dang it. I was learning
1: names. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Joe is putting up these edits. Go like my last one. And uh, special thanks hit. special thanks to Coach Belichick for stopping in for uh, for a couple minutes on this very busy Halloween uh <laughs> very Love to have you again. <laughs> Bill, could you please take it easy on the Jets for the next couple years, please? That's all I ask. That's really all I ask. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for our Week 9 NFL picks coming up very shortly. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys next time. If you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at TriState underscore Beat. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York Start spreading the news